You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Jesus is looking. He's scanning faces. He's, he's looking for something specific. You know, there are other people, but he's, he's looking, scanning the crowd like a shepherd looking for a lost sheep. He left the crowd to look for the one. It's pretty cool. Jesus was on the hunt, scanning the faces. Listen, guys, Jesus is more than a corporate savior. Did you know that Jesus seeks you out personally? In today's teaching, Pastor Dion shows listeners how Jesus found Levi the tax collector in the midst of a crowd. Someone who would have been slandered by the crowd, Jesus went and found him. Perhaps you feel left out, or alone, or even rejected. Well, Jesus desires a relationship with you. Yes, he came for the whole world, but he was thinking of you when he died on the cross. How inspiring it is to be on the mind of God, even when we're at our lowest points. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. The Bible says that in the last days, Satan is going to make one last big push for the souls of people. You guys know that, right? He is doing everything he can to discourage, to derail, to disenfranchise Christians. Uh, he is doing everything he can um, right now for that. Satan is working to make the love of many Christians grow cold. Satan is doing whatever he can to keep us away from God's Word and God's house and this service. Amen. He does it. Satan knows that this place and this message, if he can keep you away from it, he can keep you away from growth and spiritual fruit, fruitfulness. He can keep you away from becoming Christ-like. So he is determined to keep you away from this. But I tell you what, it's because he knows that this place will keep you away from him. Amen? Um, and, and so, guys, so here's what I'd say. We're going through the various times in which Jesus kind of stepped into the lives of individuals. Jesus came and he preached to the multitudes, but there were so many times that he stepped into the lives of individuals and, and changed their life. Now, I know that it sounds a little bit simplistic, and guys, listen, I could expound on the eschatological ramifications of the antediluvian age. I could. I could sit here and talk to you about cosmology and soteriology and pneumology and ecclesiology and all millennialism. I could talk to you about, you know, dispensationalism and exegesis and eisegesis and Arminianism. I could talk to you about postmodernism and anthropomorphism. I could talk to you about all those things, but I'd rather talk to you about Jesus. Is that okay? 
After all, He's the one that has changed my life. He's the one that has saved me. He's the one that helps me. He's the one that can save you and help you. He's the only one I want to talk about. How about you? (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Well, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and we'll start with a prayer. Father, I pray right now that Your Spirit would descend on this place and on our hearts. And Lord, as we sit around Your Word, that You would speak to us that we would recognize that you are a personal God and Jesus is a personal Savior who wants to step into our lives right where we are and wants to move us forward in a relationship with Him. I pray, Father, that as we go through the Scriptures, we would grow, we would glean, and we would be filled with um, your Word to become more and to look more like you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Well, guys, in Luke chapter 5, at this point, Jesus is about one year into his ministry. Everybody say one year. So it's been one year that he started ministry and has been preaching God's word, has been talking to people and touching individual lives. And during this year, he has spent most of his time around the Sea of Galilee, around the Galilee area specifically a town by the name of Capernaum. Everybody say it out loud, a town named what? Capernaum. Now listen, Capernaum was a busy little town on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It was actually the commercial hub area of all of that region. I mean, it's the only freshwater, the Sea of Galilee is the only freshwater in all of that arid desert area. And so it was the hub. It would provide the fruits and vegetables and the fish. You see, because Capernaum had a fish market that always sold the catch of the day. You know, the fishermen would go out on the lake at night. They would get their catch. They would bring it in. And then they'd take it to the fish market. And it would be available for everybody in Capernaum. That's where they'd go to get the catch of the day. And then it was also in Capernaum, there was also a a market for vegetables and fruits. It was known for that, a farmer's market. See, around the Sea of Galilee, the, the ground is so fertile. And people would plant and they'd get a harvest and they'd bring it over to the farmer's market. And there they would buy and, and sell and trade for these vegetables and these fruits. And so Capernaum is this busy little community. Also in Capernaum, there was a commercial olive press, you know, that they could rent by the hour. You see, you know, people had olive trees the way you and I have apricot trees or apple trees in our yard. Not necessarily an orchard, but they had, uh, you know, a tree or two, and they would pick and, 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 you know, harvest the olives. Well, some of them you would like to eat, uh, you know, fresh, but some of the olive, you want to make olive oil. The only way you can get olive oil is by taking it to a press. Presses were expensive to build. They were expensive to to have a personal one. So they would just take them down to the market. They would get their oil, as they put it, as they rented the particular press. Guys, so it was a, a, a bustling little community, this place called Capernaum. But along with the enterprise, along with that free enterprise there in Capernaum, there was also taxation. So smack dab in the middle of all the action in Capernaum was an IRS booth. And the IRS agent was this guy. His name is, and everybody say it out loud, Levi. Say it again, Levi. Let's look at our verse. And here's what it says in chapter 5, verse 27, the first part. 
Read the first line with me. After these things, he went out. Talking about something happened, and then Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. All right, so here we go. This guy, Levi, is the IRS agent, is the tax collector. Now, there's something you should know about Levi is that he wasn't always a tax man. No, Levi was a PK. Everybody, it's a preacher's kid. Say it out loud, what? A preacher's kid. Yes, Levi wasn't always a tax man. He was a preacher's kid. He grew up in a religious home. It's in the tribe of the Levites. You remember there were 12 tribes in Israel. One of them was the tribe of the Levites. They were the ones, their responsibility was to be the priests in the house of the Lord. And Levi was born to the priestly tribe. And then to boot, they named him Levi. So, I mean, they really want this guy to be a priest. He's born in a priestly tribe. He's got a priestly name. But Levi was anything but priestly. He was. Let me tell you why. Because Levi decided to become, and everybody say this word, rebel. Everybody say it, what? He decided to be a rebel. Here's this guy, Levi, grows up in a godly home. He grows up in a Christian home, if you would. You know, godly home with God's word being at the forefront of their lives. But he decides he doesn't want to follow that path. He decides to be a rebel. Levi, at one point in his life, got the call of the wild. You know that wild call from the Vida Loca? At one point in his life, in this, God, this godly heritage, this godly home, he gets the call of the wild and decides to pursue the Vida Loca. He does. And so, guys, here's what happens. He gets disconnected. He unplugs from God and from faith. You know how Psalm 1 warns us not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or to stand in the path of sinners or to seat in the seat of the scornful? Well, Levi is doing it. You saw that it said he was sitting at the tax booth. He was, in other words, sitting with Rome. He was filling his life with bucks, with booze, and with babes. That's what he was doing. The vida loca. Left a godly heritage to pursue that. Now, because of that, every Jew in Capernaum hated Levi. He was considered a traitor. He had turned his back on his own people. He was in bed with the enemy, working in partnership with Rome. He was getting rich off of his own people with shakedowns and beatdowns. Because that's what he would literally do to extract money and taxes from people, shaking them down. I mean, Levi was a despicable man. Everybody say despicable. He was despicable. Levi was, in fact, the very reason moms in Israel would sing that song. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be tax men. That's what they would sing back then because of Levi. Now, Jesus had been at Peter's house. Remember the verse that we read? It says, you know, something Jesus had left that particular place. 
He had been at Peter's house. We talked about this. Peter lived in Capernaum. Jesus came into Capernaum. And the whole town heard about it. They followed him to Peter's house. Jesus sits down in Peter's living room and starts giving a Bible study. You remember that? He's talking to them about salvation. He's talking about the Word of God. And these couple of guys had their paralyzed friend that they wanted to get in front of Jesus because Jesus is the healer. They know that He can heal them. So here's what they do. They, they go to the Bible study, but there are so many people in Peter's house. They are all around the door, the windows. They're spilling out into the street. These guys are bringing their friend on a stretcher, and they, they think, what are we going to do? We want to get him in front of Jesus. So they take him on the roof. They break through the ceiling, and they let the man down in front of Jesus. You remember the story, right? What happens next is just phenomenal. Jesus sees them and sees their faith. He looks at the man and He says, Your sins are forgiven you. Take up your mat and walk out of here. And all of a sudden, and I wish I could have been there, did His bones and His muscles begin to pop and snap? Did things go back into... Was, was, was there some kind of presence or a kind of a sense of, of convulsion in the room? Or, or was it just, just the man just picked up, got up and picked up his mat and walked out? I don't know how it happened, but the man miraculously got up and walked out of the room. Isn't that awesome? Jesus, yeah, Jesus at that point drops the mic and follows him out. It's so cool. Jesus leaves this group of people, a crowd, eagerly hearing and listening the Word of God. And He jets out behind this guy. Now, He's not following Him. He's not pursuing Him. We're, we find Jesus actually looking for someone else. Jesus ends up, I mean, booking it to town. He, he gets out there. He you know, gets to, to, to Capernaum in the middle of the marketplace. And the verse says, that when Jesus saw Levi, the word saw in the Greek implies that he found. That Jesus found Levi. In other words, Jesus left Peter's house, was walking through town, searching. Say the word, what? Searching. Kind of like a parent looking for a child that they lost at the state fair. Have you ever lost a child at the state fair? I have. I have a son that's just like me. And so, listen. Jesus is looking. He's scanning faces. He's, he's looking for something specific. You know, there are other people, but he's, he's looking, scanning the crowd. Like a shepherd looking for a lost sheep. He left the crowd to look for the one. It's pretty cool. Jesus was on the hunt. Scanning the faces. Listen, guys. Jesus is more than a corporate Savior. He seeks us individually. While He wants to share with the whole world, He looks for us individually. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you. Yeah, me. Just look at him and tell him that. He looks for us individually even if we aren't looking for Him. Even if we've been running from Him, He willingly leaves the 99 to look for the... Everybody say it. And look at your neighbor and say, you know I'm the one. 
Jesus wants to be more than the world's Savior. He wants to be your Savior. And so that's why He looks for us individually. I mean, that in of itself should make you sing about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down. It fights till I'm found. It leaves the 99. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. But He does it anyway. I love it. So He leaves the crowd. He gets into town and He's scanning and He finds the one. Jesus finds Levi. He steps into Levi's life and he invited him to be in his family and on his team. Let's read the verses. Here's what it says. Second part of verse 27. And Jesus said to Levi, everybody out loud, follow me. Say it again. What? Follow me. The man everyone rejected, Jesus chose. Jesus handpicked. I mean, have you ever been that person, you know, when they're choosing teens or choosing side, and the person they just kind of, they choose last? And, you know, you, oh! But Jesus chooses Levi. He got chosen. He chose him to be on his team. It kind of reminds me of a story about Michelangelo. Not the Ninja Turtle, but the famous Italian artist, Michelangelo. Michelangelo used to sift through the stones that other sculptures rejected. You know, stones that had been rejected because of rough edges, deep gashes, hairline cracks. Michelangelo used to look through those particular stones. Out of one of those rejected stones, Michelangelo carved the masterpiece known as David. It's a 16 and a half foot high, 6 foot wide statue of a teenage David right before his battle with Goliath. It's in Florence, Italy. It's beautiful. The flawed stone, that flawed stone is now worth $200 million. Why do I tell you this? Because like Michelangelo, Jesus chooses us in spite of our flaws and our failures, regardless of our rebellion and our roughness. Also that He can transform blemished stones into beautiful saints. <laughs> right? Yeah. In fact, here's the verse. Jesus' own words, John chapter 15 and verse 16. Read it out loud with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would last. Jesus chose you for a reason, for a purpose. Isn't that awesome, guys? But the fact is, Jesus chose you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, He chose me. Blemish stones into beautiful saints. It's His plan for you. Jesus wants to turn your rebellion into redemption, your flaws into forgiveness, your stubbornness into salvation. He wants to turn all of that. So Jesus searched and picked Levi out, found him, and he told Levi, come and, let's say it again, follow me. Come and follow me. 
This is a beautiful picture. Here's a man everybody hates. A man everybody despises. A man everybody goes, when they talk about him, when they think about him. And Jesus comes up to his tax booth and says, follow me. You know, follow me is a fascinating expression in the Greek. It means to walk the same road with Jesus. Come and walk the same road with me. Not just a fan, but a follower. I'm going to say it again. Not just a fan, but a follower. What Jesus was saying is this. Everybody say it out loud. Here's what it says. Put some skin in the game. Say it out loud. Put some skin in the game. That's what Jesus was saying. Come and be a follower. Not just a fan. Put some skin in the game. You see, Jesus never intended for us to be a fan cheering Him on once or twice a week. He wants us to be a follower all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. Everybody said, all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. Three, six, five, twenty-four, seven. Yeah, we got it, right? That's what He wants. Jesus invited us to walk with Him. To take up his cause. Follow me. He's neither Republican nor Democrat. And to Jesus, all lives matter. And getting all lives into heaven is his only agenda. Jesus invites us to take up his cause, his agenda. He's telling us, let's topple Satan, not statues. Let's spread the gospel, not grudges. Let's fill heaven, not headlines. That's what Jesus is saying. Well, guys, as Jesus comes out to Levi's tax booth and invites him to follow him, there's something that I know about rebels and atheists. There's something I know about prodigals like Levi. And that's this, the reason that they disconnect, the reason that they leave, the reason that atheists, you know, believe or disbelieve is not because of science. It's not because of, of any investigation they've done. It's always personal. Something that God did, something that someone else did that caused them to be dis enchanted, disenfranchised, to pull away. But the bottom line is, in every single one of them, there is that clarion call from God. The Bible says God has put eternity in our heart and nothing, absolutely nothing, can keep us away from that draw. And though Matthew sat at the tax booth, he had heard about Christ. He had heard about the miracles. He might have even seen Jesus pass through a time or two. And in his heart, I'm sure, it was the, the clarion call to follow. But you've been around people who say, they didn't invite me. I didn't get a personal invitation. Well, guess what? Jesus gives personal invitations.
Thanks for joining us here on The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. Pastor Dion has been discussing what it must have been like for those who walked the paths that Jesus did during his time here on earth. We're in a series called Encounters with Jesus. The concept of meeting Jesus in person is kind of beyond us right now. But there were actual people who were living, breathing, hurting, dying, broken, arrogant, and even suffering. Jesus engaged with all kinds of people here, and it shows that he's not afraid to engage with you and I in what we're going through either. He's not surprised by it, and it's not new to him, the things that we're going through. He's aware, and he cares. Do you believe that today? As you listen to these teachings, our prayer is that your heart is being drawn closer to your Savior as you encounter him in the scriptures. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries, Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. To find out more and to find our church, head on over to tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We'd love to have you come and see us sometime. If you're more of a phone person, you can contact us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. With that, our time with you today has come to an end. We're so glad you made some space in your day to hear and learn more from God's Word. May you find that you're closer to Jesus from having done so right here on The Simple Truth. For you as you work in us May your power show in the deeds we sow Let us join our hands and together we stand Together we stand